podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. I'm Les Bubka, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking with my friend Martin. Martin is the one of the first uh, martial artists I met in UK when I arrived. Um, one of the first who joined my dojo. Um, we're training together since 2007 with a short break. Uh, Martin held a dangrit in a different branch of um, Kyokushin Offshot, so we're doing quite similar stuff in a way. Uh, he decided to go to Africa to climb Kilimanjaro, and I thought it's a very interesting story. And how did he perform? The, that karate had the impact? Did he done some karate on Kilimanjaro? Maybe kata? Maybe combinations or something? Um, so I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. If you will enjoy it, um, please could you do me a favor and do uh, leave a review. Maybe share with your friends or spread the message uh, across social media and other people might enjoy it as well. And now a little bit of adverts. One, two, three. This part is not a sponsored advert, but um, I found, uh, actually my wife found a uh, brew from athletic brewery running wild which um, makes you fitter whatever you can it's not alcoholic beer high in sugar so i want water and martin is going to be talking to me with with hopefully nice brew give it a taste cheers <laughs> cheers what do you think so uh that's nice that's <laughs> athletic brewery if you listen to it by accident <laughs> we approve your stuff like i said it's not the Sponsor ad, so we're just really enjoying it. But it's really nice. It is nice, yeah. <laughs> so Ma- Martin went to a Kilimanjaro, done karate at Kilimanjaro. <laughs> so we're going to start with... Um, how are you, Martin? Very well. Very well. <laughs> I am now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be. Nice to have you back. We just done this, we just done a really nice session today. And uh, we're going to talk about Mar- Martin's um, journey to Kilimanjaro and back. And um, what was your expectation going? What did you think going? Um, I knew it wasn't going to be, we all said climb Kilimanjaro, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't ropes and um, carabiners and things like that. It was a steady, a steady or slow pace. The further up you got, the pace got slower. And slower and slower. Yeah. Don't, say, don't say yet what happened because I w- wanted to ask you. Um, what was your expectation? What did you think? You you obviously Martin is a, a fit fit guy. He does do a lot of gym martial arts training. Um, so what's your expectation doing you know, karate being fit person? What do you expected it going I, there and what's gonna happen? Um, I expected to um, run through it. <laughs> yes, jog from camp to camp. No, um, I didn't really know what to expect, um, to be quite honest. Um, I, um, I got ideas that it wouldn't be a breeze. I wasn't expecting it to be a breeze. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as it turned out to be. Because <laughs> you've you done skiing, you've done quite high altitude yes, anyway. So yeah. you would expect that, oh, I'm fit. I do a lot of training, yeah. it's going to be quite easy, I can manage to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've gone, um, I've gone up a certain height with, with the skiing, but it's never been 
above the cloud base mm -hmm. and that's when I think the troubles started <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when we went above the cloud base so um, you you touched down in in Africa what was your first experiences what did you think um, seeing news clips of Africa um, third world country sort of thing um, it's exactly like that um, no real buildings as such it's all not mud huts but it's very basic buildings mm. houses um, um, the roads aren't too bad to be honest um, tarmac roads but it's when you get to the side and behind the shops you find that that's where mm. that's where the poverty really is and then you come up to the hotels and it's all plush with the hotels mm. but around the corner there's um, uh, locals just selling stuff, t-shirts to the to the tourists. Um, yeah, it's uh, it certainly was an eye opener in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because you said that uh, <coughs> having a guide getting you up, you've been donating the equipment because they don't have any yeah. equipment. Yeah, um, I donated um, a waterproof jacket. Um, not cheap, uh, but the guys they did an absolute blinding job no, no idea how to do it day in day out week mm. in week out um, when we left uh, we came down and uh, went back to the hotel had a photo had some photographs with the guides there's about 20 of them each each guy had had um, had his own set mm -hmm. um, job to do um, f uh, when we woke up in the morning had breakfast in the mess tent um, the guys were breaking down the camp um, I mean we started off and you could see them just walking past us with rucksacks and sacks and bags mm. and um, stuff on <laughs> carrying stuff on their head on their back and they were just walking past us like it was a Sunday morning stroll with <laughs> taking a dog for a walk and they were just whizzing past us and we were struggling but they were still coming past us coming past us and then by the time we got to the next camp, it was all set up, mm. ready to go for the next night. Ab they were absolutely unbelievable. And there was a dedicated um, cook, um, dedicated um, guys that put the tents up, uh, bring all our kit up, because we, we, we were carrying day packs, which just had your waterproofs in, some snacks, uh, water, um, a couple of layers extra in case it got cold or started raining mm. and we had big duffel bags with all our other gear in um, sleeping bags uh, roll mat uh, roll mats for, for the for the floor and other stuff that you didn't need during a day but mm. during a night you would do and they were carrying those up as well and it's all laid out mm. um, tent by tent um, ready for the next night they're absolutely unbelievable so how much how how much weight it was in your gear carrying compared to their guys? Cause you must you must have been carrying quite a lot. You said you had a three liters of water. Well, three liters, yeah, three liters of water in a in a camel. That's nearly bladder. three kilograms. Sorry, that's nearly three kilograms. That's three kilograms. Um, I think well, it wasn't that heavy, but as you go up the mountain, and you just get fatigued, um, really fatigued. Um, what was in my rucksack just weighed a ton. Mm. Um, 
that's what that's what did it. It was um, yeah. The the um, there was a couple of, yeah, a few a few times where the the guides insisted they took my rucksack off off me and they carried it, but they were carrying their rucksack and mine as well. Mm. And they were they, um, they, they were they were still um, built smaller than me, mm. skinnier than me, and they were they were doubling up on on um, on people's rucksacks because we were just getting totally fatigued as as we were going up the mountain. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, how many stages of of a climb was there? Because you said you had many bases. So yeah. How long it takes to get up the mountain? It and took. I think it took six days to go up there. And a day to come back because it's it's like a one way system. Is mm. we were went up um, the Mashame route, and I think there was five or six camps, five camps. And the last camp, um, Barafu camp, I think it was. That's the last camp before you, <clears throat> before you summit. Mm. Um, there's there's two summits. There's Stella Point and Uhuru, I think it's called, which is the 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 um the one that everyone goes for, mm-hmm. but uh, because our guys had various issues with the altitude sickness, they just went to Stella Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do the extra two hours uh, to do something like two hundred meters. And when you think two hundred meters, yeah, is to the nursery and back. Yeah, yeah, is is, is two two countdown markers to come off a junction. Mm. That's two hundred meters, yeah. and it took about two hours, two wow. and a half, three hours to get up. That extra, uh, because of the altitude and and the, the conditions that were up there, so I was told that um, I, I couldn't summit. But the other guys, um, four of them actually made stand mm. point. Um, yeah, so you went from camp to camp. Um, as you're going up the mountain, you know, take six days to go up, and I think a day to come back down again. Mm. So, um, what was going? your head going and you know what was the what was happening to your body as well and to your mind because that's, that's very interesting because you're kind of resilient guy you've trained you went through quite a few injuries yeah and you always kind of persevere through without I, being kind of damaged i kind of um i'm not i'm not a kind of guy that kind of goes outward and starts shouting and swearing verbally and outside i kind of Go inside. Go inside, and I go blinkered, and I'm quiet, and I just almost like you know, is there anybody in there? And I just plod, mm. just keep plodding and plodding and plodding and plodding. Uh, when the guides were insisting that I take my rucksack the first and second day, I, I was adamant I was going to take well, it. I, I just have to say that Martin is the last uh, gentleman. And he probably that's why he didn't want to give his backpack away because he doesn't want to upset them. Oh no, you don't care. That's mine. I can do it. <laughs> no one insists. <laughs> so I, I was, I, I was adamant that I, I packed it. I put it on my back. I'm carrying a damn thing. Um, and up until like the third or fourth day, they, they, they noticed that as I was going up the mountain, I, it was getting, uh, I was getting more and more fatigued. As I was going up the mountain to the point where I actually grabbed the, the straps off my rucksack and almost forced it off me, um, and then a couple of more days um, they insisted they took it again. I said no, no. So they kind of said, okay, 
keep your backpack. We'd take some stuff out of it. <laughs> so so they, took, they took a couple of... Um, um, I wasn't wearing my, my waterproof jacket, so they took that out. And a couple of more layers they took out and put in their rucksack just to lighten my load. Not that it was heavy, but it's just walking up the mountain, it just became heavier and heavier uh, as I became more and more fatigued, I think. Mm. Uh, so how, how actually the, the altitude disease oh, of sickness or whatever they call it um, um, feels like? Is it like in uh, sparring when you're hitting the dead point so you cannot breathe, cannot move and stuff, something like that? Not that you can't move. Um, if, if, you, if you're... Um, if, if you've... If you've done half marathon or a marathon and you see the guys at the end like bent double just trying to gasp for breath mm -hmm. it's like that at, at one point I was taking two steps two or three steps stopping and you could just feel that you're trying to breathe but there's nothing nothing, nothing there mm. there's something going in your lungs but it certainly isn't oxygen <laughs> <laughs> and you're just you're just panting absolutely panting and gasping for breath And then you kind of pick yourself up a bit because you, you you've rested and you've got a little bit of oxygen in, in in your in your in your system, and then you do a few more five six steps and you stop, and then you do a few more steps and you stop and it was just like that, mm. and it was it was more at the end of it you're more or less shuffling up the mountain mm. rather than doing a, um, a few strides you're just shuffling in the end. But yeah, that that was that was um, certainly an eye opener. The altitude sickness mm. and the, the, the nausea, headaches, uh, and the absolute gasping for breath. Mm. I remember uh, nipping out one night to to um, to use a loo, and I came back, kicked my hiking boots off, got in the in the uh, in the sleeping bag, made myself comfortable, and then I sat bolt upright. And I was just gasping for breath because just going out to the room and coming back in again was such a feat. Um, mm. Using so much energy and so little oxygen, you think, oh, I've only, I've only nipped out to the room mm. and come back again. And it, you're absolutely done for. Mm. Really so is, is that your mind was playing tricks on you? Like, you know, oh, we should just go down or what was going through your head? And because that's a very difficult situation to be Well, I, I compare it to the sparring or, yeah. or a marathon when you're hitting that dead point and you're going, yeah. I just I just sit down and be, but there's no option to sit down and actually rest because you you're gasping for air. So yeah. what's going through your mind then? Um, oh, it's um, lack of oxygen, can't think. No, no, no. It was it it was confusing. It was confusing because. I didn't think that um, didn't think to myself. There's no oxygen. This isn't good. I better stop. You just stop and you just take a few breaths of oxygen degenerating air, <laughs> and you just like I said before, you just like go blinkered and just plod. And I, I didn't really think of um, that. You can turn around and go no, home. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't turn around and go back down because everyone's going that way. There's no one mm. going that way, <laughs> so you just you just carry on, just plod it on. But from your trip, you you actually escaped quite um, without, I did. without any problems because you, your friends had uh, yeah we had, issues. We it? had um, 
one of the one of the group got to the camp below the one that I got to um, pre summit, and they were taken down with um, kidney stones. Um, another one got to Stella Point, and on the way down had issues with gallstones. Uh, another one got just at a point on the way down, um, got back to um, Barafu camp, and he um, discovered that he had uh, fluid on the lung, mm-hmm. so he's taken down. And the, the other two guys were had, had joint issues and, and, and toenails coming off and things <laughs> like that. So they were limping back down. I was the only one that got away scot free, really. Mm. A bit of, I'd say, a bit of altitude sickness, quite a bit of altitude sickness. Mm. Um, but on the way down, the oxygen gets more mm. and more. And um, at the end of it, I was the first one off the mountain because I was <laughs> hot on the hills with a guy coming down. I said I had my rucksack on because mm. <laughs> it, it was getting lighter and lighter mm. as I was going further and further down. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of got away with it. Um, relatively um, scot-free, really, compared to so those. How did they um, diagnose that they've got the kidney stones and, and stuff like that? There's no hospitals there? No, there was um, there's an Icelandic group of uh, medics. Oh, right, that's lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, didn't, they didn't diagnose um, kidney and gallstones or, or, or um, fluid on lung. Um, but um, they said that the situation is not good. This person needs the hospital, so they they um, they piggybacked they piggybacked the people <coughs> down to well the first one they piggybacked down to um, um, one of the camps below us, where they've got um, what we nicknamed um, the Kilimanjaro taxi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those carts, mm-hmm. mesh carts carts you get in um, um, garden centres oh, right, yeah. and it's got a big bicycle wheel suspended in mm-hmm. the middle and they just wheel you down to um, the next I think it, I think it's the, 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 the gate that everyone meets in to go up Kilimanjaro and from there they're transferred into a vehicle and then taken off to, uh, to the hospital um, yeah the second person that had the um, uh, gallstones they walked down a certain place they turned down to a certain point on the mountain and then just just doubled over mm. and in the end they went and got one of these um, stretchers <laughs> if you want to call it a stretcher uh, and then took them down but I think the the, um, the one that had the fluid on the lung I think they, they, they walked him down because mm. he was he wasn't doubled over he just um, uh, had issues breathing but it wasn't so so bad that he needed a uh, a stretcher. Mm. I must have even been uh, <laughs> scary for the yeah. for the people there because you invested so much time and effort, and then suddenly it comes out that you're actually not not fit and you have to go. How was the morale of the group when people been dropping out? It was it was okay actually. Yeah, obviously everyone was concerned for the people mm. <clears throat> that had issues, but um, yeah, the morale was, was was good. The morale was good. I think it's a, a case of uh, self-achievement as well. When you mm. get from one camp to the next, and the struggles in between, you get to the camp. You think, oh, I can, I can rest up now. Mm. 
and we had a chat about the day and what's been going on. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it was uh, the morale was good. Mm. So well, how how far you think you went off? How much it was left to to the top? Um, I think it was about another five or six hours. All right, so you nearly went to the top. Yeah. Well, two hundred. That's four hundred meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah about <laughs> about that actually. I would yeah. count it as you've done it at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only a stunning throw away. I must have done it. Yeah. And you said that the, the the going up the hill, up the hill, up the mountain, <laughs> is not not so steep, but going down is like a really steep hill, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It is. It's a gradual incline. You don't really know. You don't really experience the incline. There's a bit of um, scrambling, which is. Um, kind of rock climbing but not mm. not sheer rock face a little bit of climbing um at a certain player i can't remember what it's called now um something wall i can't remember is that, is that barranco wall yeah barranco wall you have to kind of maneuver around it's a bit tricky um get over that and then it's more plodding um yeah coming down it's um it's a lot a uh, lot, lot steeper coming down and and it's um it's rough in place i think it's a um it's a dry river uh, bed actually where we went down and then it kind of opens up and it's a um a purpose built walkway mm-hmm. that, that you actually compared it to the the, the devil's punch bowl because they were all they've got like laid out mm-hmm. um paths um For those who don't know, Devil's Punch Bowl is in Hindhead, yes. not far from Guildford. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. to leave. Yeah, I feel, I feel bad comparing <laughs> Mount Kilimanjaro to the Devil's Punch Bowl. It's not really a thing you should do, is it? Uh, <laughs> But one of our one of our team, one of our group, compared it compared it to the Isle of Wight um, initially. Uh, so um, yeah, I don't know how he, how he compared. We we done that with Anna when we went to uh, New Zealand. So, uh, oh, that's like Wales. Oh, like Wales, yeah. just different trees. <laughs> um, so did you wait for the everybody to come back? So it was like four hundred meters or a kilometer up up the mountain. Did you wait in the camp below? Yes, yeah. Um, the camp I've got to Barafu Camp. That's the that's the last camp you get to before the summit. And what they do is you get there uh, just for lunchtime. And you have lunch, then you go and have a rest and mm-hmm. sleep. Then they wake you up about um, seven or eight o'clock, I think it is, or maybe nine, a bit later. Then you have something else to eat. Then you go and have another rest. Then they wake you up a bit later, and then you go up to the summit. Mm-hmm. I think it's so you can see the sunrise. I think yeah. that's why they they plan it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I waited in the in the camp because I, I wasn't summiting. So they the other group. The rest of the group go up and summit, then they come back down again, and then they have another rest, and then wake up and have breakfast, and then they start bringing them all down. Mm. And that, so, that's well, you've been waiting. I think that's the most important question for an uh, audience is, have you been thinking about doing kata at Kilimanjaro? <laughs> it, it, did, it did cross my mind. <laughs> But... Um, Because I felt the way I felt. Uh, How did you say it earlier? We've been talking after training and asked Martin if he felt about it. He said, I thought about it, but I was gasping for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine doing uh, doing tension up there and, and um, trying to do a bookie breathing at the same time. It just wasn't <laughs> going to happen. No, it wasn't going to happen. But yes, I, I did. A true martial artist. 
I think it did cross my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you recommend other people to go in and do it just once in a lifetime, try, test yourself? or? Yes, yeah. Yeah, just... I mean, I've taken myself out of my comfort zone on more than one occasion, and, and this, this was a big one. Mm. This was a big one, yeah. If, if, you, if, you, um, if you're one of those people that likes to push your limits and um, try and, and test yourself, then... Um, and you don't like breathing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I, I'd uh, certainly recommend it. Did you manage to do any karate in Africa? No, no. After that, I think I tried. I think I did a um, a thigh kick on one of the palm trees. All uh, right. <laughs> in in the hotel once, just uh, just to see. So we can tick. Yeah, tick. Karate, yeah, yeah. Karate I did, in, I did karate yeah. in Africa. <laughs> thigh kick the palm tree. <laughs> so, what's your other plans for uh, challenging yourself, except uh, training with us and going for a second dan? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to do the uh, three peaks challenge. All right. That's close to home. Yeah, yeah, and it's not so high. <laughs> it's not so high. But um, yeah, I'd, I've got an inkling to try again, um, to do Kilimanjaro again. With the uh, oxygen mask and the um, bottle on your back. And, and a gi. <laughs> <laughs> gi yeah. That would be definitely going much, much easier if you had a gi. Yeah. You know, yeah. Have a martial arts spirit. <laughs> do you think that. Um, Because you've been doing martial arts and fitness training and mar did you run on marathons or no, no. no but you've done running and cycling you yeah, yeah. Of cycling. cycling yeah do you think that prepared you better mentally for a mentally, for struggle yes. yeah mentally yes uh, physically no it probably worked against me physically because of my my body makeup um, well, you need more oxygen isn't it to to work I need yeah yeah because um, I'm, I'm I'm so lean that 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 worked against me. But mentally, it's um, it, it's uh, held me in good stead. Yeah, definitely. That's good. Okay, I think cover everything. Enjoy your beer. Thank you very much for your time. Enjoyed it, <laughs> as always. <laughs> I'll see you on the next one. Definitely. Sports Social Podcast Network.